Hello boys and girls this is Prem and welcome back to another episode of the Plus Jungle show I hope all of you had a fantastic holiday and I wish you all the love and joy for this new year a new beginning I'm super super thrilled to start this year with an episode which is such a huge achievement at a personal level since meeting this man Bill Grace was only a chance a fate one could wish for We all know that the world of furniture decor is not such a glamorous and popular one but if this would have been so then bill would have been one of the a-listed celebrities of this world his story resembles an underdog movie since he has grown from a small space with just a table and chair to a 14000 square feet retail and wholesale store and much more his company sudden sky homes is one of the largest retail and wholesale outlets in the us his company sudden sky resources is providing consulting services to retail and wholesale furnishing companies Before starting his own company Bill also worked as a director of merchandising at the Home Depot. He also worked as the senior director of merchandising at Ballard Designs. He's also been the vice president of merchandising at Row Companies. So the amount of experience he has in this field is huge and we are only honored as he agreed to share some of his experiences on this show. So without further ado, let's welcome the very humble and not just a multi-talented entrepreneur but all heart bill grace Hi bill it's a pleasure to have you on the show uh thank you for being to be on the show and uh it's a pleasure to have you um i i i i hope you're not going to uh bother too much into your business hours but could you just brief us a little bit about how this whole furniture thing started for you sure absolutely good i'm glad to be here um yeah i started really as a kid when i was my father owned a furniture store in new york and um we um sold more high end furniture so i helped him deliver furniture repair furniture just anything that he asked me to do basically and then i went off to college um and uh after i graduated I came back and I worked for him for quite a few years and then after that I went on to um working for a variety of different companies Ballard Designs, Storehouse, many of these people did tremendous amount of business in India and so forth and um in, in my last position really I was vice president of merchandising for Storehouse, senior director of merchandising for Ballard Designs and so I uh, have been in this business a long time. Well it seems that you uh, you definitely have a really really um huge experience in this industry and uh and I'm sure you have seen a lot you have seen a lot of designs you've seen a lot of trends happening uh since you also mentioned that you have also designed uh, a lot of merchandises for other companies as well uh right. so in in short I could say that you you kind of know the interiors the interior world like how how the trends work and 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 uh, what are the demands and and stuff like that and how and how that happens right yeah i mean um really uh i've designed a lot of product for people i've been involved with logistics you know when you've been in this business a long time people rely on you for lots of things and you learn a lot of things as you go along so yeah i um really am at heart a merchant but i've been able to learn a lot of different things online social media you know just different aspects of all parts of this business and so uh yeah as a consultant i do help people with everything you know some people rely on me for 
sales or marketing. Some people rely on me for logistics. Some people rely on me for, you know, designing yeah. products. So we, we can, we can do a lot of different things. Sure. Yeah. You're right. I, I, I totally resonate with you because this is something I, I also, um, in my last 10 years that I've been in the industry, I also face the same thing. Like people ask me for my suggestions on interiors and all, even though I'm not an interior designer and, and, but being in the industry, you kind of get a knack of it. You, you do, you know, and some things you gravitate a little bit more towards because that's you're more inclined to go with that type of thing. But um, yeah, if you're right brain and left brain, you know, which a lot of people are, you're able to learn lots of different things, you know. So uh, and uh, maybe not be a master of all of them, but at least you can help people as as they grow and so forth, you know. So yeah, absolutely. Well, since you were mentioning about social media, we'll just use that as a segue to. To, to a question that I was always wanting to ask you since you have been in the industry over so many years that you have seen the same industry before social media and now you're seeing it after social media. So I would mm-hmm. like to ask you like how much things have changed uh, probably in a positive or negative, whatever your views are uh, towards the business and how, how, how does it work for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, just like I mentioned, as a kid, I was growing up in my father's furniture store. Every week we'd plan an ad in the newspaper and we'd plan ads on the radio and, you know, that type of thing. And because uh, that was your main vehicles for advertising your company. And so uh, now, you know, that that doesn't happen anymore. You know, now you're planning your next uh, social media post on Instagram or Facebook and so forth. So um it's been um and the return on that investment is is so substantial you know it's amazing we put we still post some ads and local trade magazines and so forth but it's the instagram posts really for us in the home furnishing business that is what draws people in you know uh, that the person that does that for your company is a very valuable person and uh and that is going to be very impactful to anybody's business really yeah yeah, that makes a lot of sense because what you just spoke about the return on investment, I, I, I also, I also agree with that. Like the, the kind of um, uh, impact that it has when you post something on Instagram or Facebook or any such social media platform, then it's definitely huge. Um, it plays a huge role in and how the business moves forward. But that was it a does. great point that you mentioned that the person who's doing that for the for the for the business is a very important person. Um, yeah. We don't look at that too many times. We, we kind of um, uh, like kind of, you know, see past that and we just don't give so much of importance to that. But actually, you're right. That's the most important person working in the company. Very important. Yeah, that's what drives traffic into your store or to your website or wherever it might be. And, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a situation you have to be consistent. You have to have a consistent message and you have to have consistent posts. And you have to have compelling posts and you have to answer people when they ask you questions and so forth on social media. So it's a very interactive thing and it's a, it's a big job, you know, and for many people. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. Right. So when you talk about social media, do you, do you have like a team who works for it or you kind of uh, have one or two people and then you kind of look into the post and you see what's going on? Actually, um, when we we started, um, we just had a person doing it part time, and because um, we didn't think it would be a full time position, you know, 
but um, but within a year's time or so, we found, yeah, it is a full-time position, you know? And so we have somebody that just basically, that's all they do is just social media and uh, handle social media, answer questions for customers and, you know, just provide information. It's a, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big responsibility, planning, photography, and just getting things, you know, everything right is, is key because it's your face to your customer and so you want to have your best foot forward you know and so yeah it's a big job right and and since you have worked in the old school with your father as well would you say that social media uh, like kind of is like overwhelms you or you okay with it look you 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 like like the uh, no it's the future i mean it's no it's i love it it brings people in it. so yeah, yeah. Right. no it. it's actually i mean i used to do it sometimes myself when i first got started and so i certainly understand it and how to do it and you know but but then when i was doing 15 other things at the same time so it wasn't a focus you know but having yeah. someone that's focused purely on it and really does a good job with it because not everybody can do a good job with it and um is this is a very key component you know of a business sure yeah I think it's a very great point that you need to have a focused person just for that. But I'm sure you're like a hands-on guy. You you know so much, you can do everything. But of course, you need time yeah. to do so much. So yeah, to having a person dedicated to this kind of work is really important. Oh yeah, especially yeah yeah. I mean, I have a young person that does it for me, and uh, she's just really good at it. So I don't even she I don't even ask her what she's doing. She just you know she just does it, yeah. which is what you want with your employees. You want to trust them. You want to make sure that they are competent and then you let them do it. Don't, don't guide them too much unless there's a issue, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Like I was seeing a few of your Instagram posts and they were really nice. Like, you know, you kind of, they, they give you a lot of information and, you know, it, it probably a lot of pictures of your furniture pieces. Um, yeah. And, and it really, and, and I think there's a lot of interaction on your, on your, on your uh, Instagram. Um, there is yeah. Pieces, yeah, right. southern sky southern sky home is the is the retail side and that's the one that we really focus on mostly yeah right so um when you say that you your father had started this did he start as a retail store or he was always into uh, wholesale when he started this uh actually my grandfather started it he was a uh he sold seed to i think farmers and he heard that washers and dryers were going to be important or something like that and then he uh, did a side gig he had it in his garage these washers and dryers you know and uh and i think maybe refrigerators too or something and so he just put like four or five of them in his garage and all of a sudden that became his side gig became more his business you know and so then he yeah i'm sorry what i was saying that became the main uh area of yeah work, work, yeah yeah and then uh, and then he built a small building next to his home um and that's where he put more more of his product in there and then then the store just kept growing and growing and as soon as my father took over when i think my father took over when he was 22 years old or so and um at that point then it just expanded you know exponentially so it uh, it became a very successful company and it's been there for 80 some years now i think something wow. like that wow yeah. that, that's a legacy there so yeah, yeah. So I think you're, so. you're just taking it forward with uh, the kind of stuff that you've been doing. Yeah. So I can still do consulting for them because they're in New York still and I'm in Atlanta. So, uh, uh, but I still consult with them and help them along and sell them some products and things like that. So. so are you saying that what you started, what your father started is in, is in, is in New York and this is something that you 
build on your own the southern sky thing entirely yeah southern sky we started from scratch yeah actually wow. uh, i um, started the business upstairs in my house i have a small room up there and i have a desk and uh so i started it from there and uh it was really based off my consulting some people had needs for me to you know design products for them and some people had needs for uh me to go to factories and review products and so forth and then um so i thought why don't i just do some of this by myself you know so i just got together a lineup of 25 30 different furniture items and then i went to my first high point market and i had a really small little booth there and it just sort of slowly grew from that point, you know. And so I still kept my consulting business and then I did the wholesale business. And then three years later, we started the retail business. So we have three different companies, really separate companies going right now. Yeah. So that's really inspiring because what you're saying is you started from scratch from a small little room with just a desk and a chair. And yeah. Now- you are in this 7,000 square feet. I think if I'm wrong, just correct me, but it's a 7,000 square feet place that you were sitting in? Uh, no, it's 14. We, we have our new addition is 7,000 square feet. And then we totally, our retail is total 14,000 square feet, I think. And wow. um, yeah. And so, uh, and then we continue, I think next year we have plans of adding another six or 7,000 onto that. So um, we have a building right next door so we can add on to that. Yeah. So it's, you know, right now because of COVID and so forth, the, the furniture business has been great yeah, and uh, online has been really good, but also just in-person people buying things coming to stores has been terrific too. Yeah. So that, that's yeah. amazing. And, and, and that inspires me as well in the same, uh, like, like from where you've been and where you, where you were and, you know, how you have just grown. And yeah. started from a little desk. You know? <laughs> my first employee sat on the other side of the desk too. My first yeah. employee came in, she came into my house every day. And uh, so she worked on the other side of the desk, eight hours, uh, eight hours a day. And then we thought, oh, we should have an office. And so we just got a little office outside of my house and, you know, it just sort of, snowballed from there basically yeah so when you started this uh from scratch you were buying furniture on a wholesale from india uh and any other country or only india and then you were selling it there in us uh yeah when i worked for um storehouse we um did tremendous amount of business out of india um jaipur jodhpur area um yeah we did textiles furniture accessories every 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 area yes and uh that was really 20 years ago now. So I've been going, coming and working with sources in India for 21 years, I think it is. So, um, yeah, yeah. But and, and right now we still do the same thing under with our company. We use a lot of the same relationships that we had, you know, from the last 20 years. And we still buy from those people. They're all our friends. And uh, Absolutely. So, yeah, and we continue to add and yeah, we're going to do start doing more sourcing from India as well. Um, we're hiring a new person to add to the team. And so, yeah, it just continues to grow. That sounds really interesting. And um, uh, so you've, you've been, when you say you buy things from India, you also must be aware about the kind of furniture that's coming from India. Like, is it specifically, or you kind of place an order you show them the design or you kind of go with the whatever is available or whatever is happening there or what's what's yeah good question uh i would say that 90 percent of what we do is we design it ourselves we uh give them a drawing or um 
we uh, provide them with some inspiration and they'll do the drawing. It just depends on the factory. And um, yeah, and then traditionally we would go to see our samples, you know, we'd go to India, see our samples in whitewood form, check them over, make sure everything's fine and then select finishes and uh, yeah. And then we'd go, we'd go from that. Now it's a little bit different now with COVID and, you know, and so now we do FaceTime or something like that. And I have a team of people that work in my office in India. So we, we would go to the factory and they would take pictures or do yeah, FaceTime sure. with me. Yeah. That's how we, that's how we do it right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I'm sure your team checks the quality and then proves it. And so you yeah. have like we a, use a third team. party. Yeah, we do. We do. We ha- we have our own team, but we also do a, use a third party uh, to do inspections, just so that we make sure it's doubly checked. Let's say you know, and there's no issues because it's very easy to miss something. And just having the peace of mind that somebody else, a third party, a professional, has done it is very helpful too. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, do you see like the trend? Like I was, I was just thinking about this, like before we had this interview, uh, if you remember 20 years back, the painted, the painting uh, furniture was, was doing really well. Like, you know, uh, painting those sparrows or, or you know, like uh, animals or something like that. Yeah, on, sure, sure, on, sure. On, 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 yeah. on, on uh, cupboards and almirahs and sideboards. Yeah. Uh, do you think the trend is going to come back? Like I, I was getting this, this, this feeling that it's, kind of coming back in, in trend. Uh, I've seen people doing it. I've seen people doing it. I'd have to say that uh, maybe in very small percent of retailers are interested in that, but I would say that no, that has not, that doesn't at this point mean anything, you know, and a very, maybe a very small microcosm of people, but uh, no, I would say that's not any, any trend that's happening right now in the U.S., let's say. Right. Europe can be different. Other countries can be different, but in U.S., no, I would say no. And then, what would be the trend that you would you would I mean, you would uh, stress on that that's getting that's getting hold off in twenty twenty two or uh, that's that's coming. Yeah, along. I I think it's really important, and then I uh, is that uh, factories in were craftsmen in India just uh, watch the trends and don't stick with anything that's been done in the past continually to evolve because what I've seen a lot when I first got into this you know Mexico at one point was a really big furniture factory you know that we did a tremendous amount of business with them but they never came out with new things they just relied on the old construction the old way of doing things and a, a big business that at that time just really just went away because they didn't evolve, they didn't change and uh, adapt to really different styles, different finishes that were popular in the U S. So I think it's really important. And I, I do see a lot of the larger factories doing that. You know, they have designers that are geared towards their European customers geared towards the U S customers, but anybody that maybe can't afford to have a designer on staff or whatever, but just keep, keep watching the trends, you know, watch what's happening in these different areas that they're selling to and just keep evolving, you know, never sit back on what was done 10 years ago or five years ago, whatever. I mean, the chance of some of that stuff coming back is very minimal, probably. Um, You just have to keep tweaking designs and so forth. And I think that's really, really important. Um, And uh, that's why we do the trend reports for some Indian customers. We give them guidance on what finishes, fabrics, you know, uh, metal finishes are going to be important in 2022. And uh, I think that helps guide them and just keep on track, you know, to what's happening, at least in the U.S. 
All right. So that, that really helps. That means you do give them the guidance, like what's going to come ahead or what do you, what would you like them to work on and, and sure. so, so forth. And if, if just, just very quickly, what comes to your mind, if someone's starting new and starting to make a factory or trying to, to, to manufacture these things, where do you think quickly someone can go and look at these trends or anything that comes to your mind right now, that, that space where you see a lot of yeah. trends? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good thing. I think it's, you know, if you can come to the high point furniture market, of course, that's a really very helpful. Um, if you go to Maison Objet in Paris, it's, it's pretty cool. Actually. Um, they have a lot of, but it's really geared more to the European market. Um, I would say that if you're going to come to us, if you can come to the high point furniture market, if not, then I would, there's so many things now on YouTube, there's so much information out there, but you have to be able to trust you know, some of these sources, because everybody has a different idea. You walk a show. I was with two or three designers one time in Paris at the show. And afterwards, we sat down and we said, what did you see at the show? What did you think was the trend? And everybody had a different answer, you know. So, um, so everybody had a different color or a different whatever. And so um, you just have to, um, I think, get out there in the stores, too. That's what we do. You know, we we uh, do market trends and so forth. So we go out to different stores, the big stores. We we go online. We do. We just sort of look at it all, and then we give our forecast or our thoughts on what it's going right, to be. Right, right. And someone who cannot just attend High Point Furniture or the Paris um, thing again, then online, what are the pages or any any places that you would suggest? Or you probably, uh, you know, it depends on what you're um, looking for. Um, you know, um, I don't know if you know Studio Studio McGee. Do you know Studio McGee? That's uh, something that people in the U.S. are very attuned to, and she has her own Netflix series and so okay. forth. And um, and so a lot of women really follow that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely some, you know, you know, the Gaines as Chip Gaines and his wife. You know, those people are very influential. Um, and they have, again, their own series. They have their own furniture lines. Uh, a lot of people follow them. Um, but those are some of the big ones. HGTV, of course, is very popular. You just have to watch that because, or watch out for that, because a lot of times they just do crazy things that really in the U.S. people aren't necessarily doing, but they just do it to get, you know, attention and, you know, so forth. But um, I did think you say that HG, and HGTV, did you say HGTV? I'm sorry. HGTV, yes, yeah, that's a, that's a channel that a lot of people watch consistently. There's some really good designs on that, but Joanna Gaines is a really important person and has been really for the last ten years. Um, and uh, so, yeah, right. Those are some very common, very common ones that people look to and follow. You know, uh, yeah. Just want the, just want the listeners to know that I would be putting this in the show notes so they can just go ahead and watch that. If they're interested yeah 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 that, then there's another instagram uh, and in, another instagram a lot of people follow is uh, i think it's called chris loves julia that's uh, another one that's a big instagram thing huh? um there's uh another one we follow is asher and rye they're in uh, i think savannah or charleston they're really good to follow um they just have some good ideas and very good look just looking products um asher there's really some Asher yeah, and Asher Rye. and Rye. Asher and Rye. Yeah. Okay. Asher. I can send them to you after too, if you'd like. You know. Sure. If you can do that, that'd be great. I can just put yeah. it in the show notes for the people to 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 listen to that. And um, 
so so basically um india has been one of your prominent places to to source your furniture and decor pieces if yeah. I'm, if I'm correct china china india china and uh, vietnam are the three that we primarily use um i would say yes and india would be the the most uh, i mean use place to to source these things or you would say 50 50 of china india and uh you know for me i mean i've i would say that i just gravitate to india i just like working there i just think the quality of the product is really good right uh, uh it's just a the you it's a unique product um in many ways when you go to china and uh vietnam they all look sort of homogenized it all looks similar to other people right. but in india you know you can create your own look if that's your look you know and i think that is our look um and so we've had great success really working with factories in india and uh so yeah we love the handicraft part of it we love the imperfection sometimes of the product um right. it just looks you know it just looks like real wood it doesn't look like fake things and so forth yeah so yeah, yeah imperfection like the, is okay you know yeah yeah like the laser cutting thing you don't you don't kind of see that kind of stuff like you kind of see that the imperfection in the carving and and that kind of stuff yeah it's it's nice you know it just looks like it's done by a person versus done by a machine or a robot or something you know so right yeah yeah right talking about robots um things are moving really digital uh really like the metaverse is getting real the the online life is getting like the real life and the offline life is getting more yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah <laughs> like unreal yeah. like i'm sure you also aware of the merging the merge yeah the the merging and you also seeing this this whole trend of nfts and cryptocurrency and i'm sure you're yeah. getting a, a view of that as well on the side yeah um, sure sure and specifically with art when it talks about nfts it's it's like getting really uh interesting with the kind of business they're doing with the nfts i'm sure you have some yeah. uh, info on that uh what sure. do you what do you think about the handcrafted industry as we were talking about the handcrafted industry where you see the imperfections and you see all that and then uh, at the same time people are buying these nfts at such exorbitant prices uh what yeah. do you see the future of handcrafted industry do you think it's going to get more uh, rare and ex- uh, like expensive or do you think that's going to just die down because of this whole craze of metaverse and digital nfts that's a really good question i've i've thought about you know how that can relate to um you know someone that makes handicrafts it's um it's like right now in nfts it's the uh it's these unique little people's faces and different things you know that will eventually become go into gaming and so forth that'll be really important um i i think somehow in the cuz it's it's really in its infancy in many ways the nfts and, and it's almost they're almost in an embryonic phase almost it, it in 10 years from now it's going to be a completely different thing it's almost like the internet what it was when it first started exactly. people had no idea what it was and why would i want a website and you know that type of thing and right, then, right. and and then now it's going to be um i think in you know 10 years it'll be complete it's completely different than it is now but um yeah i think it's if you can be if you're aggressive and you want to try creating nfts regarding your product you know and somehow they can relate to 
I mean, gaming is where it's all at right now with NFTs, I think, you know, um, I mean, certainly there's some NBA stars that are, you know, doing, taking advantage of it and so forth. Um, in art, in the art world, of course, you know, there's a lot of people buying, spending millions of dollars on uh, NFTs and so forth. Um, but I think it's really, it's sort of, in many ways, it's just sort of a, an experimental thing for our business, you know, right. and, um, and, and just see what happens. Uh, there are people out there that are just, they're just like professionals buying NFTs, you know, they're buying it for 50 cents or a dollar and they're hoping to make $2 on it or $3 right. and they're buying lots of NFTs. And eventually, you know, they'll make money uh, off of buying lots of NFTs. So uh, I think it's definitely worth the gamble of going down that path and, and trying to, you know, get it going and uh, see where it lands. If you don't start now, I think you might be left in the dust in some ways, you know, because right. there's so many people starting it and working on it. And there's, yeah, I think it's good just to start it. You know, there's apps now that you can use yeah. to make NFTs. You know, I think one is. Go art. It's called Go Art, I think. And you can make your own NFTs based off of your own photography or your own artwork and so forth. So it's um yeah, it's definitely definitely important. Cryptocurrency now that's a whole different thing, you know. Yeah, sure, uh, yeah, sure. Crypto right now is not doing too well. So if you're uh, you know an yeah, investor, I I mean, there's yeah. but everybody did predict that in December that it was going to go down. So it's it's happening, you know, but, um, so we'll, we'll see where that all lies. Um, but right. uh, NFTs so see, are totally different. So you see that the NFTs are something that can go hand in hand with handcrafted industry and then hand handicraft as well can coexist with, with the, with the NFTs and, and, and the real. I think so. I think can, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, the other day I was thinking about um, many of the beautiful um, entrances that are in India, you know, the big gates and so forth. And I thought in some ways, somehow that would be cool NFT, you know, that you could use in a game, you know, where you could have these big entrances, you know, right. in, in a gaming situation or something. You know, and I thought hmm, that's really pretty cool, you know. So there's I think it just boils down to spending time on it and uh, thinking how it can relate to you know, to what you do and so forth. Yeah, but that's a great yeah. idea. I would I would take that as the great takeaway from this, from about the great entrances and using them as NFTs. And um, yeah, yeah. since we're sitting in India, there are a lot many big doors and gates oh, yeah. that we can... <laughs> Beautiful, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. much beautiful work. Oh my God, that's a great idea. I think that that really makes sense when it talks about... So, you, so then it becomes more like the NFTs with utility purposes. Like which has been used in gaming industries, and you know that that has yeah. utility to it. So, so that makes no yeah. sense. And then you can also sell that door to the client, the, the physical door as well, if they're interested in that too. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, you just have to really. It boils down to creating the NFT, getting the token, and you know it's an authentic item that people, you know, that you own basically, and then you can sell it. And yeah, I mean it's. It's pretty cool, actually. You know. Yeah, I think this conversation brought some really cool idea from for for the future. I guess <laughs> we'll have to work on those doors together. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, surely for that. Um, if someone is, if today, what if what you started, like, say, you said, like, you've been always been in this industry. Someone today in this in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two wants to start an export business in India, 
what are the key areas that you would suggest to focus on or he or she should look into to have, yeah, a, have a successful business? Good question, really. Um, and that can be a tough one only because um, I think you could, should always start with what you are passionate about and what you have experience in. Um, so like if you work for another company and you really are good at a certain segment of the, you know, like if you want to, uh, if it's handicrafts or furniture, but you have to be passionate about it because you're going to have to put a lot of time and effort into it. You're going to have to love it. You know, even when you're down and out, you have to still love what you're doing. And right. so I, I think I think that's the most important thing because it's it's getting something started unless you're super lucky and you know somebody or somebody's going to give you a lot of money. It's going to it's a tough road sometimes, you know, so um, but if you're really good at designing product or you're really just stick with what you're good at and what you're passionate about, that's that would be my, you know, quick thought um any particular area like if i would just rephrase this question uh if i could rephrase this question and put it as what are the areas practically that the person should look into the factory for the quality like what what, what is the main thing that that you as a customer would want the factory uh to focus on so that you uh, as a customer are happy in the end because you source mm -hmm. things from from india and and a person starting yeah. here would want to yeah supply it to you yeah, yeah. Um, I would say things that are well made that are sort of, you know, it's so easy to, there's, you just have to get something that's sort of on trend that is um, well made, um, good communication skills and good communication with US customers is super important. I can tell you in the past that people have made nice things, but they're poor communicators, they don't get back to you that's like the end. If you can't communicate properly and e answer emails and so forth and on a timely basis, that is sort of is indication that you're probably not going to ship on time. You're probably not going to handle problems and so forth, you know? So whether you're a good communicator or not, find somebody that in your company that is a good communicator and, and then can get the answers that these retailers potentially need is, is super important, I would say, you know? Um, so really it boils down to those kinds of things, you know, communication, shipping on time, good quality, unique items. Um, those are all just four or five really important things. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the, sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, as far as the particular product goes, you know, it's really an endless thing, but I, 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 I can just tell you when I walk the show um, in India, I can tell a lot of, I can tell people that are going to be successful and not successful from walking so many shows, you know, right, right. that they're, they're unfocused, you know, they're all over the place. Um, you know, uh, you, you just, you can't throw everything at people. You have to have a, a vision. You have to have an, uh, an opinion and uh, it has to be some. There has to be continuity, you know, in, in your show. Let's say what you're showing, whether the show be or the showroom be in your office, on a little desk, or the show is, you know, a big showroom at the fair. Um, it has to be. There has to be a vision, you know, a consistency of your right. product and uh, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. The same with retail. You know, when you walk into the store. If you have somebody is going to just walk in your store and love it because it's just them, you know, you want it to reflect who they are. That's why a U.S. customer or European customer goes into your showroom and has to be like, whoa, these guys understand who I am. You know, these guys understand my customer 
versus being so scattered. There's, there's colors right. everywhere and you now it's, yeah, that type of thing. So. Right. But that brings me to the question that when you say this, I feel that what you would also suggest is if someone is starting a retail or a wholesale uh, platform, uh, you would want to have a segregated area for uh, um, specific styles rather than having everything scattered. Then, you know, you have a specific area yeah. for a color painted furniture, a rustic area for rustic furniture, like that yeah. kind of, like a, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. is so let's say as an example you make uh let's say you make pottery and you can make pottery in all sorts of colors we'll just have an area that's all dedicated to neutrals you know so when you walk over there everything is very neutral very tonal really pretty then you know have have the color stories you know if you're doing blue and white this is all blue and white you know right. it's much easier for the consumer to understand it it's you know they'll gravitate to what they like and the colors that are appropriate for their store their wholesale business whatever it might be and uh it's so easy to shop you know that way and to understand many you know buyers are not designers you know they're buyers they're pickers you know they right. pick things you know yeah. um whereas they can't understand sometimes when things are mixed they're they can't understand how to put it all together but if the um if you as a you know factory or um wholesaler you know put it together it just You'll, you'll do you'll perform better your store will perform better your line will perform better by just taking the time to do that and then whether if you can't do it find somebody that can do it for you you know that's right that's right i think that makes a lot of sense because i see a lot of consumers who are actually having no idea when they walk into a retail store and they actually are just coming to to get an idea like what to do and how to to create their space or interior and and they're kind of lost and they want you to suggest them something and uh, mm -hmm. you know, like like you were saying, they consult you for different reasons, and uh, mm -hmm. and I think this yeah. this this helps them to to actually uh, visualize the space that they're trying to uh, the you know beautify or renovate or uh, you know yeah. create a new space or something. Yeah. Like that. Absolutely. Sense. Now, now I know in retail too. If you're, if if you if you can do that, and you have people on your team that can do it, um, doing design work for them is is another a very important aspect of this business. You know, in the U.S., if you have a team of people, or even one person that can do interior design work, get out to their home because your sales will definitely grow by doing that. You know, you'll um, if you wait for the door to swing at your store, versus having appointments to go out to clients' homes your volume revenue will definitely increase, you know, very important part of this whole business, whether you have a small business or a large business, uh, getting out to customers' homes, helping them with design is the key to unlocking a lot more revenue. Did you ever use this part of having revenues in your, in your business as well? Did you hire interior designers and then you tried to um, like look into the retail aspect of it, like, you know, getting more revenues from that? From design, from design work. Yeah, from interior saying? designing. Yeah, did you did you also? Yeah, yeah. We have part? people. When we when we first started our business, you know, we envisioned it more as an outlet, just to get rid of stuff from our wholesale line. But it has evolved in three years so much. You know, we, what we did is when we first opened our store, we kept a notebook and we asked everybody that came into the store, "What do you want? What do you what are you looking for? Um, you know, what would you like us to have? You know, those kinds of questions, probing questions." 
and we listened to them and we kept evolving from what we were, which was just really sort of a warehousey looking place to full design work, beautiful vignettes, you know, all product categories. It just, it evolved and it expanded purely by just listening to what the customer was looking for, you know? So uh, that's fabulous. Yeah. And design, and design is the, is one of the key things they were, they were looking for help. You know, many people walk in here, have no clue on how to make their home look beautiful. Um, and so, you know, we've provided them with that service and it's been very important, but listen to your customer and do what they say. Yeah. And it's, it'll pay off. That's such a fabulous thing that you just said, because uh, anyone who's starting this, this as a career or, you know, just starting out or even in being in the industry for so long, this, this makes so much of sense when you, have these kind of broken questions. And since you said it was looking like a warehouse first and then it turned out into a really designing, like a designer store, mm-hmm. that, that makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, and that brings me to question, like when you started this, did you have like kind of a, since you only also had this from your grandfather's time and your father's time, did you did you have, we start with the capital or you just started with zero and then you, or you, uh, you know, you had this uh, thing that you started with the consultancy and then you poured in money from there. Yeah. Good question. Cause that's a, that's a, that's tough for people. I mean, I was fortunate because I had the consulting business, you know, so that was um, kept me on track. And so I just did the side gig really is the, the wholesale thing. Okay. Cause the right. consulting was, was really, you know, really based off of lots of things. It was, you know, questions and concerns about merchandising or logistics. I was used for all different types of things. I really had three core customers that were my customers and that, that was, a really good income and then i just started the side hustle with um you know the wholesale and then that expanded and and then retail just came along because we had to have an outlet to get rid of our damaged defective things so that's how the retail outlet thing started you know right. and then listening to customers then the retail you know design thing evolved so it's evolved so much in the last four or five years you know so uh, just listen to your customers and just you know, you let your company evolve. You might have a hard, firm idea of what you want, but see where your sales are and what your customers are saying and it'll evolve, you know. So, so basically, you never raised any money from the market. You just started with. Oh, your, no. Yeah. 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 That, sorry. Yeah. That was your question. But uh, no, um, I mean, I put in some money initially, but not, not a lot. It just sort of just grew, you know. It just kept growing and growing. And I was very careful. I didn't hire a lot of people, um, you know, and initially it was just me and the person that sat across the desk from me, So, right, right. Um, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, then we went to the show, but we always had a small booth and we just kept, you know, slowly, you know, adding a little bigger booth and you know, that type of thing. So, yeah. so when you say, when you talk about this show, it's, it's basically a wholesale uh, exhibition kind of a thing that the high, the high, high, point um, high point furniture thing that you were talking about. Yeah. High point is the largest furniture show in the world. Okay. And right. it has been for years and years and um, people from all over the world attend it. Um, it's been a little, it hasn't been like that because of COVID recently, but, but um, yeah, so that's um, yeah, that's where we originally had our little booth. It was in high point. It was sort of a, they have an area set aside for small companies. that are just getting started. Or let's say you come from India or somebody comes from China and they want to just have something small there. So I was intermixed with, you know, maybe 30 or 40 other people that um, some woman maybe was an artist and she just wanted to bring her art. And there was a Chinese factory right on the other side. It was, you know, that kind right, of thing. So, right. 
It's basically like an exhibition where anyone from anyone from the world can just take part in it. And if they're a furniture supplier, they can just have a little booth. And then yeah, it was um, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That that's a small segment of the show. The show is gigantic. So so big companies have tremendous showrooms. There are huge, huge showrooms, and then there's little places for a little incubator for small companies like mine. Yeah, right. And it's all about furniture and decor. This whole furniture thing. and decor. That's all it's about. Yes. Mm -hmm. That sounds exciting. Probably yeah. should visit this once for sure and uh see yeah. how it is uh that would that would be great that 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 whole thing uh makes a lot of sense from where you started and and you know because i think people now really um want to like you know have a story which really inspires them in the in the true way and i think this is one of the stories that that really mm -hmm. would touch people because like I'm also starting from scratch from in, in terms of exports and, and wholesale and all that. So my whole story starts from retail to wholesale, like for you, it was the other way around, I guess. But yes. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. No, it's uh, you're, I mean, I can tell that you love it and doing this podcast, I can see your energy and so forth. And uh, I think, you know, you're going to do great. You know, it just <laughs> takes time stick with it it takes time you know it's uh right. there's right. Gonna, there's gonna be some bumps in the road for sure but uh you know once you get your feet planted and you you know you get a nice little following and so forth and uh um, right. you're you're gonna do great yeah you're gonna do great right thanks that's really encouraging because uh you need such words when you are really starting off because there are not many just not little bumps but there are many bumps that keep coming in so <laughs> So, so yeah, yeah. I would I would use those words as encouragement and um, move forward uh, with with the passion that I have uh, for this industry and for the handcrafted industry. And I think right. uh, yeah. I think maybe we can collaborate in, at some point in somewhere. Uh, sure, not, not, an not an obligation, but only if you would love to. So uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> that would be great. I think it's been a wonderful time that I've spent with you. I am I'm so happy that I got to meet you. Uh, of course, I'm going to uh, tell a little bit about how we met in the introduction, but uh, this was really amazing, and I'm so it glad. Was I was so glad that I could just bump into you in the exhibition that we met. And uh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. yeah, that was great. And I think this this yeah. that that created a base for our. Um, newfound friendship or relationship whatever this is but it's really Absolutely. amazing i'm really happy that you agreed to be a part of this and uh, take time off from your busy schedule so sure sure thank well, thanks you for the opportunity I appreciate it. a lot of fun thank you so much and and just to end this with i just want to know that i would just like to tell you that maybe we would want to have you again in a few months or something down the line for another episode where we will have more sure. questions um uh, you know, whatever the trend is at that time, whatever the topic is at that time. But sure, thank, of course. Be glad to. Thank you so much, Bill. I will, I will connect with you soon and uh, you have a pleasant day. You too. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye now. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, this is Prem again. And before you take off, my quick two cents on this episode. An entrepreneurial story is not visible until you hear about it or discover it, since it's not always in the limelight. And the story of Bill fits right into that slot of untold inspiring stories. 
he is not just a huge inspiration for furniture and decor traders or manufacturers, but for anyone who wants to start a company or a business in any field or industry. He has definitely impacted and reinvented my beliefs and thoughts of starting something from scratch to glory. He is one of the hidden gems in the world of successful entrepreneurs. And with that, I hope you all have an amazing story to discover, or rather be an inspiring story in the days ahead. Thank you for giving me your really, really precious time to tune in to our episodes. It really means the world to me. This is Prem and I shall see you soon.